All right, so the Colorado Avalanche will hit the ice for the first time after the All-Star break against Pittsburgh. Uh, We'll break that game down, what we expect from the game against the Penguins, and the second half in general. Are we going to see more of the same that we saw in the first half with the Avalanche, or is this team going to take that break and just go for broke in the second half of the season? And two more grades, mid-season grades to get to, and that is the two goalies. New episode of Locked On Avalanche coming at you. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Avalanche. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified when the new show goes live. All right, Kyle, you, are, are you ready? You be- getting back in the saddle again and just to get some like real meaningful games like, okay, we talked about the All-Star game. That's so far in the rearview mirror after 24 hours. Uh, let's get to some some of the good stuff right now, right? Yeah, especially with how they ended right before the All-Star break. You wanted to see if they could continue that hot streak and continue yeah. climbing up the Central. So, yes. yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh, we will kind of discuss the, the Pittsburgh Penguins specifically, that game specifically, uh, in the next segment. But we kind of just wanted to take a look at what we feel or how we feel the avalanche will do here in the second half. I know we're beyond the halfway point. I haven't played 48 games, but usually use the all-star game as like the break point. Um, And the first half, no secret was up and down for the avalanche. You had good moments. Like Kyle just said, they ended or going, they went into the uh, uh, all-star weekend on a positive note, which was really good to see because, you know, you had that, really really bad stretch right before the good stretch that led into the the all-star and and that's really what it was for the yeah. first half it was just you know and, and you know a lot of it was injuries you know a lot of it was guys that were uh, called up you had you had so many um different roster uh players on the team they've already surpassed last year how many total roster players they've used it was just a, a crazy convoluted first half of the season you're getting guys back. I mean, after the game uh, Tuesday night against against Pittsburgh, you, you're getting Byron back. You're getting Nachuskin back. Uh, Josh Manson is around the corner. And then after Manson comes back, the only ones you're, you're missing are Helm and Landeskog. So you're getting healthier. What are we expecting for the second half of the season as the Avalanche – as a whole more of the same and just up and down or you think they're going to just hit their avalanche stride and kind of what we've been used to with avalanche hockey i feel like we're going to be optimistically out of this pittsburgh game you want to see them hit their stride and continue building on like the pieces that you mentioned that are coming back are going to be adding on what the avalanche are building like this last seven of eight the avalanche had before the all-star break you feel like they found success and an identity even though they weren't finishing out the third period ideally you you think that when manson and Bo come back and even with nuke 
they're they understand that there's a direction for this team now and it's not just help us however you can which is how the first the losing streak seven of eight Hmm. happened it was just plug in and just do something no now this team has an established mission and they understand where they're going and now any piece that does come back knows where this team is going and and you know let's say manson comes back in like a week or even two weeks right you gotta maybe expect him to come back within like the next two weeks that'll take you to the middle or just past the midpoint of february right and the season goes till the midpoint of april so you have two solid months where you know you're you're what 90 percent healthy like i said the only ones you're really missing are are landeskog and helm so you have two solid months if if nobody gets hurt and i know that's a big if yeah (laughs) with the way this season's going but you can never predict that stuff but you have to say if big if if the avalanche you know once once josh manson comes back you have two solid months of uh, a more than healthy team and if that's all you're missing you have to feel good about the way that the avalanche like we said like played leading into the all-star break and then coming out of that relatively pretty healthy you got to feel good about them being able to kind of climb the ladder of where, you know, in the standings and and the teams above them have a good buffer right now. Yeah. They do with, with Dallas and Winnipeg, at least in the, in, in that division, uh, there, there's a good break between them, but you can't tell me that those teams aren't looking over their shoulder at the Stanley cup defending champion, as they all like to say, when they uh, beat the avalanche um, they're definitely looking over their shoulder, just saying like, okay, we, we know this team is lurking and we know what they're capable of. I think teams are, are st- no, nobody's putting the avalanche, like, you know, on the back burner and saying like, ah, oh, we're in a good spot. Nobody's saying that, that division. And you know, they're going to handle it with that, that pressure that, you know, the abs are lurking and they're coming and they're going to handle it that way on the ice. But as you mentioned, like in two weeks when Manson possibly comes back, we'll be in the middle of February. That's also knocking on the door of the trade deadline. And those teams will also address like, they know the avalanche are, they're starting to put things together. They're starting to play and reminisce. They're kind of similar to the team that they had to face last year. They're going to look at themselves introspectively and say, what do we have to do and put this together to keep them at bay and keep our position where we're sitting? So it's kind of a two-edged sword where the Avalanche are sitting. You have to improve, and other teams know they have to improve to keep themselves where they're they are currently sitting in the standing. It's it's an interesting uh, you know thing for for the teams ahead of them because you it's easy to say we just have to play our game. We can't worry about the Avalanche. We can't worry about any team that's below us. We have to play our game. But if the Avalanche just get rolling, those teams are going to maybe press a little bit more and knowing like oh we have to get two points. Maybe it takes them out of their game a little bit. It's, it's a mind game. A lot of it is a mind game. So um, even if the Avalanche aren't playing those teams, if they're playing well and doing well in the standings, other teams take note of that. And uh, maybe just some crazy psychology that the Avalanche can impress upon uh, these teams above them just by playing well maybe makes the teams ahead of them press. You know? Yeah, and, and you mentioned it. Like We all look at the All-Star break as kind of like the midpoint of the season. But after the All-Star break is when every team – not only checks the box score for your team, 
you check everybody in your division mm. you check everybody across you it's now we're walking watching points how many points behind ahead yeah every this is where it begins it's big yeah so we don't know right obviously you're not going to know the day before what the lines are going to be uh ben myers was sent down before the all-star break i think a lot of us thought he was just going down there to to get some games in while while there was uh you know some days off he hasn't been called back up yet and it doesn't seem like he's going to be so the abs are probably going to run with 11 forwards and seven defensemen uh you have bo byram coming back like we said you have nachuskin coming back which is great um what are you thinking here for lines yeah, with Bo, I am putting him. I'm giving. I'm not throwing him right back into the mix, especially with an LBI. I would. Mm-hmm. I would sit him down in that last D pairing to start out. I would keep the D pairings, uh, Makar Taze. Then I'd go EJ Sammy, mm-hmm. and then I would probably go Bo and Brad Hunt. You would think so, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing to do for your first game. At least see, you know, how he's taking the ice in his first few shifts and uh, maybe even beyond, maybe just like the whole first period. You just kind of gauge uh, whatever that lower body injury was and kind of at at the first intermission, all right, how are you feeling? And then maybe ramp up his minutes a little bit. But you can't really switch the pairings. I mean, I don't don't know. it's going to be really, really tough to see because you, you want to play him more, but if you're playing him along with Hunt, um, you're not going to give those guys as many minutes as you know the pairings that are above them. But you want to give him time, and I and I remember he, he said something like, you know, Byram said this to the effect of, "I'm not, you know, if I'm back, I'm back. Yeah, like just throw me to the wolves, basically. He's like, there's, there's not not going to be any like, you know." rusty period for me but if you're playing on that third pairing there obviously might be a little bit more cautious with you i i think as the season goes on and if he can remain healthy where he gets slotted in you know does he switch with sam gerard or something so they can put him on a line with eric johnson you can't put byram i don't think you put byram and gerard on the same line i think that's just too small of a defensive pairing to do that but um but that, I mean, you're, you're waiting for Manson to get back. Clearly, that's, yep, that's exactly then, it. Because then that fixes all the problems. Yep, so. that's and you, you want to go slow with Bo. He could say, "When I come back, I'm going to be back 100." percent But you could tell us that all day long. But your body's going to tell us something different, and especially with how long it took you to react to the treatment and get back 100. percent We're going to also take our time to make sure your minutes get back to 100% because it's one thing to rehab to get there. It's another thing to get to playing shape and then going back to that fast Colorado Avalanche style hockey. And then uh, just ask you this question and then uh, we'll wrap up the first segment. Who's your 2C, Confer or Newhook to start? Newhook. Newhook? Newhook. See if you can continue that hot streak. That's what sucks about this all-star break is guys like him who were, you know, just on, on a nice tear. You got to take a seat for a little while. So hopefully he can get back to it. You so. send him down, say, take it wire to wire, son. Let's yeah. go. So we will discuss that game between the avalanche and uh, Pittsburgh and um, kind of look at Pittsburgh, a, a very interesting team cannot make heads or tails of this team, no matter what you try to do. So we'll talk about them. And then of course, uh, two more, Mid-season grades, and that's our goalies that we have to get to towards the end and uh, finish up with those mid-season grades. 
But first, we're going to talk about FanDuel. Well, there goes my uh, ad. There we go. We got it back. Good thing I know how to use a keyboard. Uh, this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. And we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because FanDuel is the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. You have so many great features that make betting on sports easy and fun. So download FanDuel now. So you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bets, and you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Um, the one that, like, anyway, I was talking about prop bets. I, I, It's kind of funny, man. Like, I always get a kick out of, like, when they talk about the halftime entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the first song going to be? If you were yeah. that artist, wouldn't you just go and bet like millions of dollars knowing exactly what your set list is going to be? Ooh. Are you uh, how can they lock you out of that? Oh, you would have to go through somebody else. No, because like I mean, it would it would be oh, you, somebody else had to place a bet for you. Yeah. I have no problem doing it here, dude. Here's a million bucks. <laughs> yeah. <They're> like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's wow, that's tricky. I've never thought about that. I mean Clearly, it's going to be Rick Astley, never going to give. So, ooh, <laughs> how did they not have Rick Astley at, at Super Bowl halftime right now? At least just bring him out for that, and then you're done. 30 That's seconds it. of never going to give. It just yeah. as a surprise, throw everybody's bet off. Yeah, because <laughs> nobody's going to have that one. Uh, the Fan Duel Sportsbook app, where you can do all of your bettings on Super Bowl 57 and beyond, is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings. Instantly, so join FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, so the Avalanche and Pittsburgh Penguins in Pittsburgh. This is the first of a three-game kind of mini East Coast trip. They were just there. Uh, they should have just stayed there, and the rest of the team has come on over here, but whatever. So uh, kind of a lot of traveling for three of the Avalanche anyway. Yeah. Um, so they go back to the East Coast against Pittsburgh. Um, I, you always are going to have some rust. And I know people hate that word, but it's going it, to it, – it's twofold for the Avalanche because, yeah, you had some time off, so you're going to be a little bit rusty. And then you have guys like Val Nachuskin and Bowen Byram, especially Bo Byram, who's uh, you know extra super rusty. And, and I think they have Brian Rust. On they, the <laughs> so I, th- I think the beginning of this game is just going to be just ugly. Yeah, uh, it's just going to be passes are not going to be crisp. But, you know, I think you know it's it's just going to be. Kind of like chaos. It's, there's gonna be no flow to the game. Our pets' heads are falling off. Like it's just, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be brutal. It's gonna be that. Uh, but I don't going... think it'll last long. I mean, you're at, you're at the stage of the season where you get rid of that stuff. You know, if it's the first game of the season, maybe that lasts like a period. This one might last like maybe two shifts each or something yep. like that. And then you get right back into the flow. It's a lot of muscle memory at this point. You hope the pace picks up about ten minutes into that first period. Hmm. you had enough shifts get out there everybody's got their feet back under them they can get going because 
I know it's been a while since they won the cup, but this Pittsburgh team is not bad. They, they are the toughest team to pin down right now. If you ask me, they're in a they're in a playoff spot right yeah. now. I think they I think they have a wild card, right? I don't think they're yeah, they. Top, right? I think... Yeah, they are in a wild card, and like yeah. like going off their stats, like they're sitting like top ten penalty kill mm-hmm. power play, like they're up there. But they're quiet. You never they never grace the headlines. They never they have never have a storyline. It's Sidney Crosby did this. And then it's just quiet. I think it's just because of that. I think we, we're just in a mode of we just expect Pittsburgh to do this stuff. We just expect Pittsburgh to to be in the running for a playoff spot. And we just expect Sidney Crosby to – he's having a really good season. He really is. And people kind of like are just like ho-humming about it because it's like it's Sidney Crosby. He's supposed to do that. And all um, eyes are on Ovechkin. Right, so. exactly. Oh, something just fell back there. I don't know what it was. Yeah, but it's all eyes are on Ovechkin. Yeah. So um, the Sid and Ovechkin thing. So you just right. quietly watch Pittsburgh, but they go out there and then you only are like, wow, Pittsburgh won against insert name here. And then you go out and I'll bet your day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got 60 points on the season and 49 games played. He's got 24 goals and 36 assists. So he's having a very, very good season. But Pittsburgh as a team, so far this year, they have had winning streaks uh they've had a five game winning streak and a seven game winning streak separately they've also had losing streaks separately of seven and six games so they are just boom or bust right now and i think they went into this uh all-star break yeah on a two-game losing streak um, it could have been a four-game losing streak, but they pulled out a seven-to-six overtime win against Florida. Yeah. Um, so you know, if they lost that one, it would have been a four-game because they lost one prior to that to New Jersey. Um, so you know, they're not playing well heading into it. They're just up and down and up and down, and you just don't know what you're going to get with them. But they have Sidney Crosby. They have Mal- Malkin. They have they have good goaltending. They have really good defense. When these guys are healthy, the, the defense on this team is maybe some of the best in the league. Yep. Um, it's just a struggle for them to put it all together right now for some reason. And we complain about injuries for the Avalanche all the time. Pittsburgh has suffered a lot of injuries. Um, there's been a lot of call-ups and call-downs. Um, it's mm. like Pittsburgh's had a go at it, and it's going to be cool to see nathan mckinnon against Sidney crosby like you know those two are going to put their compete level on another level because like they're buddies like this is what they do so it's going once you get to that 10 minute mark of the first period i really feel like you're going to get an idea for how the game is going to go Mm -hmm. but you want to feel like the avs have the upper hand when it comes to goaltending just because of what you've seen so far this year because it is hot and cold when it comes to the goalie situation in Pittsburgh. They can either be Vesna quality or very pedestrian. And they split duty pretty much almost right down the middle. Uh, Tristan Jari has 27 games played while Casey DeSmith has 22 games played. Um, that's that's pretty down the middle. Um, let's see. Jari is 16-5-0 while DeSmith is 7-10 and oh no excuse me 16-5 yeah 16-5 and oh um 2.65 goals against for Jari while 3.35 against DeSmith 
Uh, Jari with the better save percentage, 0.921 against 0.901. Uh, they both play. They both play. So we have no idea who is going to be the first one. I would think Jari, but... Um, and I think I, I think Dustin Tokarski just got called up from Wilkes-Barre Scranton to go to Pittsburgh as a backup goalie. So also mm-hmm. keep an eye on Tokarski. So we'll see. Um, I, you just don't know what – there's so many many questions with this game specifically being the first game back after an extended break, going up against a team that you don't know what you're going to get on a daily basis from them anyway. Um, this could be just – a game where you just throw your hands up and be like, just get through this one, just yeah. get through this one, get two points. However, you got to get them um, because Pittsburgh could be looking like Stanley cup esque, or they could be looking like they're going to head the lottery. Um, you just don't know. You don't know. So I, I don't, I, 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 you know, I watch every game obviously, but I just feel like in the, the first few minutes of the game, I just be smacking my head a lot because it's going to be a lot of what is going on out there. And if it, it feels like one of those games that, whoever commands the tempo going into that first intermission will hold it through the rest of the game. So when the first period, you have a good chance for the rest of it. Yeah. Have a good first, first road period. And then, you know, hopefully, and that's one of the things with the avalanche we were saying, like one of those things I want to see them stop doing is giving up those leads, yep. those third period leads, which <laughs> seem to just bite them. Uh, that's one of the things I'm sure that they talked about quite a bit during the break. Uh, you you know, if we have have one of those leads going into the third, let's start that off on a really good foot. Ghost of the that? 2021 season. Ooh, I'd like to forget. <laughs> a ghost is in this room right now somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Knocking something over. I don't Something fell. I don't know what the heck it was. We'll look um, for ectoplasm in a minute. Mm, I see ecto cooler, baby. <laughs> um, all right. Let's hear from Athletic Greens, and then we'll get to uh, great midseason grades for our goalies. And, uh, yeah, Athletic Greens. Kyle and I have been taking this stuff for quite a while. You got your canteen there, sir? I sure do. Oh, look at that. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, if you're someone that has some issues with your your gut health and you're just wanting more energy, if you want to optimize your immune system and you hate taking pills and vitamins, but you want a supplement that works for you and actually tastes good in the process, Athletic Greens is for you. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients helps support things like things that we're just saying, like your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and your aging. And it's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, or a dairy-free or gluten-free diet. It contains less than one gram of sugar. There's no GMOs, no nasty chemical or artificial taste, and it tastes fantastic. Kyle can attest to that. Oh, yes. Yeah. This stuff has been clutched this week. (laughs) Because Kyle is uh, trying to eliminate something that's been in his life for a very long time. Yeah, I'm trying to wean myself off of the energy drink. He's trying to do it. So uh, Athletic Greens is kind of helping him along here. In that in that process, uh, so it costs you less than three dollars a day, and you're investing in your health, which is cheaper than your cold brew and coffee Starbucks habit. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day, and that is it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do 
is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Once again, it's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, so we've been doing our midseason grades and we got through pretty much everyone. And I think, you know, I was thinking about it, how we didn't have to do uh, McDonald or Cout. And I'm sure you were very disappointed that we didn't get to at least get to. I mean, we could have done it, but just, just that would have just been kind of kicking them while they're down. Uh, I, I think and everything I've, I'm hearing. I haven't really. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, say something like I, I think I've made my uh, my grade on couch. Well, well known. His, yeah. Apparently he's doing pretty well with San Jose right now. And that was something that we talked about was just the new fresh scenery. Like, yeah, you, you kind of. Ran There's your course in Colorado, fresh zero season. pressure on you. Yep. Uh, when you're with San Jose, no matter what division, if you're you know at the pro level or with their AHL Barracuda team, who knows? Um, all right, but the two that we have to get to obviously are the goalies, and we were just talking about uh Pittsburgh and their goalie tandem. And uh, abs have a good one for themselves with Pablo Francois and Alexander Georgiev. And uh, why don't we start with, with the guy who's been there longer? So we'll start with Pavel Francos. 14 games played. It seems like he's played more than that, though, doesn't it? It just seems like he's played so many more games. Almost, almost like, you know, with the Smith and Jari, like splitting it down the middle a little bit. Um, 14 games played, and he's uh, a 7-7 seven and seven record, which is a little surprising, too. Uh, his goals against are 2.58, while his save percentage is a .917. He's got one shutout on the season as well. Uh, and he's continued to do Pavel Francos things. He need, When the Avalanche need him, he steps in and does his job and usually does it very, very well. I know you're a huge uh, Francos guy. So what do you got for a grade for him? <sighs> He's a B plus for me. Okay. He's a he's a B plus. And like I know everybody anticipated this being one of those A plus A plus plus plus. No, 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 no. no. I'm, <laughs> I'm being very real with every grade I give out. And like Frankie, he's a B plus. And you were you mentioned his record, the seven and seven, as being surprising. He accumulated a lot of those losses cleaning up for when Yorgiev was pulled. You remember during that losing stretch. And then like the hot hand, um, yeah, yeah kind of yeah. going over to Frankie, and then he started incurring some of those losses. Like, don't look at the win loss so much per se. The nine one seven save percentage is okay, but when Frankie's on, he's on. Yeah, when he's off, everybody has to kind of change what they're doing and protect Frankie. And it's it's you don't have that faith that he can correct it and stay with it. He has his on nights and off nights. I give him a B plus. He's been great in net. He's been a reliable backup. But how I was pitching that he should be the one A or the starter, give him his due. He has not done anything to convince me that he deserves it yet. I don't. I don't think he's ever going to be that guy. I just yeah. don't feel like. I think what he does for the Avalanche is his perfect role. Yep. I, I just can't get to where I think Pablo Francois can be a day in and day out starter. And and we'll get to Georgiev's uh you know stat line in a second. I don't feel like like Francois could 
put up those numbers. I just don't feel like he's built that way. Yeah, he, mainly like because a Brian Elliott type goalie that always will be the backup everywhere, or yeah, yeah. Corey Schneider, or Andrew Hammond, and like maybe always I'm, playing as a backup. Maybe I'm thinking that because that's just what he's been. So it's tough for me to envision him anything other than that. I um, mean, I think at this stage in his career, I just don't feel like he's going to be given the opportunity to go out and be an A1 guy. Um, but for for me in a grade for him, like you, you look at his his game logs and it's like flipped as terms of, of, of wins and losses. Like everything like he's been doing well as of late. He started the season his first seven games. Hang on here. Let me get to. Yeah. So his first seven games, uh, two and five, his last seven games five and two. So he, he's flipped it around. Like he, yeah. he was, he was having a rough go of it as was everybody for the avalanche early on. But uh, what you've seen from him lately is a lot. I don't want to say like, you know, I was going to say a lot more trust. They've always had trust in him, uh, but I think it was just one of the things where they had to get him going. And you heard that about your a lot. It was like, he's got to play. He's got to play. Well, the same thing is true for, for Pavel Francouz. So I think once they got him, you know, uh, and after that shutout that he had, he went right back out and had a, a played another game against the shutout against Ottawa. And then um, the Detroit game, he went out and won that one, right? I think he gave up three goals in that one, but they still won that game. Uh, and he, he – that game against Seattle. Yeah. He was goaling that one. So he, he – He's done well. He's done well. He does everything that they asked him to do again. So I'm with you on that, though. I think, you know, you have to take the whole first half into account. So I can't just, you know, backload it with how he's done recently, um, although that helps his case a little bit more. So I'm with you. I, I think a B-plus is a, a fair grade for for Francois. But I do want to see what he can – if he can continue that, um, you know, and, and not have that split between the first first half of the second half and the second half of the second half, if that mm-hmm. makes sense to anybody. Um, I think he's he's lined up for being an important part for this team going forward. So, um, And then finally, yeah, Alexander Georgiev, uh, the, the newest goalie, obviously. So 34 games played for him, a 20-11 and 11 record uh, with three overtime losses. A 2.6 goals against average. He has a worse goals against average than uh, Pavel Francouz does, but he's at like three times as many shots thrown at him. Yeah. Um, and two shutouts for uh, 0.919 save percentage for him and two shutouts for Alexander Georgiev. Talked about him a lot before the season even started when uh, the Avs acquired him. And, you know, not if you listen to the show all the time, uh, I was skeptical, and I turned around pretty quickly on him, and uh, I think he's done a fantastic job as as the go to guy for this team. What do you got for him? Flat A, yeah, flat A. I would have, it would have been touching A plus. The the collapse mm-hmm. um, was kind of brought him down a little bit, but the <clears throat> here's the two difference. The difference in the goalies. I didn't bring it up when we were talking about Francois because I wanted to bring it up here. When things were going bad for the Avalanche, knowing Yorgiev was in goal, I felt okay with him being back there. If we couldn't score, I felt like at least we would hold up on the shots. When Frankie's back there, I didn't have that same feeling. Hmm. You're like, as long 
we can't score. I don't know if the defense can stop anybody from scoring. And if Frankie lets two in, just forget about it from there. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's the difference in the two goalies. That's why he's a flat A. I would have given him an A plus, the freak out, and just like the New Jersey game. And there was a lot of different things. But he's a he's been incredible. Could be a household name when it comes to the upper echelon of goalies that the Avalanche have had. We'll find out. We've been saying this for Varlamov and Grubauer and yeah. <clears throat> the song of Darcy Kemper was a one hit wonder. So <laughs> we'll see what we'll be saying about your gift, but yeah, he's a flat A. Yeah. He, he hit a little bit of a rut right when everybody else was. Um, so it wasn't solely on him, uh, but there it, it's nice that the avalanche have a goalie that if the team is a little bit off, and he's on, he can steal them a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I, you know, it, and I liked Darcy Kemper. Really, you know, I love his demeanor. I love his attitude. Uh, but he, he, you know, it was an up and down year for him. And you didn't really feel, I didn't anyway. I didn't really feel like like Darcy Kemper can steal us a game. There were moments when Philip Grubauer did that in maybe his last year with the Avalanche where he just played out of his mind. And I, we're kind of there, or I'm there with with your gift like i feel like if the team's having an off night if he can at least have an on night they're in the game yeah so yeah i i i agree with you man I, i'm i'm gonna give him an a i'm not gonna that little kind of rut that they had which the entire the entire team have everybody's gonna go through a little bit of a, a down period during the duration of a long hockey season it's just gonna happen um but it seems like he's crawled out of it, it seems like they all have and mm-hmm. you know now we're we're Looking forward to the second half, but I'm with you. I'm with you. I think he's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like Sackick and McFarland know what they're doing. Yep. And uh, the next time they want to make a deal, I'm just going to shut my mouth and just, you know, say you guys know what you're doing, which is why you get paid and I host a podcast. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I, we're, we're, we're in agreement on both goalies. For for great, who would have thought? Wow, what's going on? At the on beginning here? of the season, that would have never happened. No, no. So, uh, yeah. So that'll wrap it up for uh, the midseason grades and uh, this episode. So definitely go comment away if you agree. I'm interested to see what people will, will give out for grades for both of these guys. So um, there's there's lovers of of Frankie, and they'll say we got it too low. I know that they will, but. Comment away. That's what it's there for. Use your voice for good. Um, All right, everybody. That's going to wrap it up for today. Kyle and I will be back tomorrow after the Avalanche and Pittsburgh game uh, finishes up, and we'll break that entire bad boy down. So we'll be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. But thank you for making this episode your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Definitely check us out on our social media outlets. For Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. Enjoy the game, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go! Go!